0: It's time to go Bulls Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. We roll through the latest news on the Bulls from the viewpoint of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. We hope you're ready because it's time to go bull Speed Ahead. Now with Michael Kelly, here's your host, Derek Sharp.
1: A special version of Bull Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly with some special news to run down. We will definitely be discussing the future new members of the American Athletic Conference among all the elements that go with that but there's other things happening in USF sports recurrent current events as well with women's soccer basketball is about to start so Michael as always there's a lot happening but then and again we'll touch more on it lately but you've been uh, in the news along with your conference the last couple of days have you not? <laughs> oh
0: yeah obviously always a lot happening in college sports nowadays no matter what's happening with the uh the national scene with what's uh, occurring with uh, the Constitutional Convention, with the different things I get the chance to be a part of with Division One Council, and obviously from the American Athletic Conference, working with all of our athletic directors and presidents as to the different realignment uh, and uh, expansion issues that we've been, been dealing with and opportunities that we've had. So lots going on in addition to uh, just the daily uh, opportunity and, and energy here at uh, Leroy Selman Athletic Center with our, with our fall sports in full swing.
1: And listen to you talk about it so calmly like it's no big deal. I, I really do admire you. are cool and calm, and you uh, keep calm and play to your strengths, obviously. One team that's been playing pretty strong is the women's soccer squad, and it was really fun to watch a game and relatively stress-free while we're talking about not being stressed last night. And they retake control of the American Athletic Conference, which we're used to saying, but that's no small thing because you get to host the conference tournament, all that goes with it, and just another sign of how... All outstanding this program has become
0: yeah obviously just a, a a wonderful program that we have it's been you can tell that the rest of the league continues to elevate itself and we've had some really close games and I guess as many as seven uh now we've had seven po- um overtime games uh, over the course of this this season but uh, uh this week alone to be able to go up to Memphis and win a hard-fought game against uh uh, who was then the number one uh, in first place at that time, and then to uh, come back home now and, and 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 win last night against Cincinnati, who we played in the championship game last year, and then somewhat uh, how, how perfectly timed to have uh, uh, Memphis happen to lose last night as well, that gave us kind of the put us us in the driver's seat. So now we have a situation where if we take control our own destiny, take care of business, we will be able to have that number one seed and and not only win a regular season title, but to Hopefully, also defend our, t- our conference uh, tournament title at home and get all our Bulls fans out there for the
1: AAC conference tournament. I love, uh, of course, Sydney Nicello. You can tell she's going to be a pro in the near future, and she scored two more goals last night. And she's always dropped the phrase almost casually when you're a national championship team, like they really are aiming high. Uh, and it was good to see that they're going away from one goal victories to two goal victories because we need less stress as we get along, but the games are going to get intense. That was actually their first two goal lead all year but on the other side of that they're getting it done in crunch time
0: that's right yeah <laughs> so many games we've uh, had to come through in the clutch obviously yeah. the, everyone's contributed in different games and different times but you're right sydney nasello just a uh, just a joy to watch I, I, I don't i've said it in many forms before i don't know if i've ever seen a soccer player as fast with the ball as as sydney is uh, a lot of people can run uh, catching a pass or anything else and she does that extremely well too but just
1: amazing handle and, and the speed with which she can navigate the field. Uh, Memphis is the team that they, you mentioned, beat last weekend to take first place from, and I heard after the fact that they, they were petrified of her, essentially. They, they played six defensive players, which is something they never do, and it was just because of her talent. So that's a team that's getting set for another postseason run, uh, and we'll talk about the teams that are going to start in about two weeks from now, and that's basketball, but other stuff happening around. I saw Ken Erickson getting honored, and He's just a great individual with the USF program, and of course his national team worked, But tell people more about what was going on at uh, City Hall on Thursday.
0: Yeah, uh, the City Hall was was kind enough to uh, honor Ken not only for the certainly for the thousandth uh, victory he achieved last year in his career, but uh, really more focused on his. Uh, in addition to that, his his uh, uh, Olympic uh, career and obviously leading the uh, the Team USA uh, in in Tokyo. So it was uh, really nice to see he and his family there to be recognized by the city council and uh for a proclamation about those achievements and, and recognition for that. Uh, in, in addition, uh with the recent uh, as as many of our bulls fans know or are glad to remind them of is we were a couple months ago uh we started something called the Stampede for Women yes. and it's uh, an increasing focus uh from uh, folks that just have a great uh, passion and, and appreciation for our women's sports programs for both past, current and future. And, um, you know, they kind of, they, they wanted to do something special in honor of Ken and kind of came together to find and, and to cultivate enough money to establish a, an endowment for what's called the Ken Erickson Olympic Fund, oh. which will fund a a, a scholarship for a, a female student athlete, obviously focused on softball forevermore in Ken's, uh, in Ken's honor. So, you know, so to have one of our, obviously our winningest coach currently in, in any sport uh, right now with uh, right. Ken's record, it's uh, a great honor. And he was very touched by it and it was wonderful to see him on, Recognize not only in front of the city for that, but for him to have all his family there, and it was a surprise to him at the time when oh. when Betty Castor and I made that uh, made that proclamation to him. So happy for him, and really appreciative of all the donors that contributed to make that a reality.
1: And it's great to see a concrete example of what the Stampede for Women is all about. Obviously, now you were there. It seemed like he had every photo I saw. Everybody was in stitches based on what he was saying. He's just uh, not just an outstanding coach, but a, a funny and an outstanding individual. Uh, golf. You talk about endowments and donations. These are two wonderful programs. The men are, last time I saw, in the top 15 nationally, but they're getting even more help uh, for their facilities, right?
0: Yeah, both are. Uh, we, we're so fortunate, you know, kind of, in essence, part of our team. Tampa Bay aspects of here with all our teams and the events and tournaments here in the marketplace and the and the Valspar Golf Tournament that uh, gets held every year um, certainly does a great job not only of bringing that awesome event to town with the PGA Tour, but also being able to provide to so many charities here in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, we were so honored this past week to receive a donation of $75,000 that uh, was uh, contributed from the Valspar Tournament to uh, both our men's and women's golf program combined, but it's been able to really provide to our facility to improve some things we needed there and, and, and also uh, you know some some other important items for our program, including a, van and everything else so it's been some major contributions to uh, to us and just can't thank them enough it was uh, really critical uh, for us and just a great addition to both our golf programs
1: wonderful and that that fall season is sort of wrapping up they've already had some great results the men's team it's funny talking to steve bradley they finished second in one event Fourth and another, but in strong events, and I did the math, it was the equivalent to a basketball team being 22 and four, and that's a good record. But he was like, Ah, we should have won. That shows you, though, what they're striving for. And uh, the rankings don't look at it as they should have won. The rankings look at it as they're one of the top teams in the country, and they'll carry that over into the spring. Hey, speaking of rankings, women's basketball obviously getting noticed. And for any women's basketball supporters out there that see they're only number 21, believe me, if they start winning early on this season, they're gonna get into the top ten themselves.
0: <laughs> well, they absolutely, with our strength of schedule, I think we play numbers one through twenty, and we're twenty-one. <laughs> uh, but no, all, all kidding aside, obviously to, to be recognized uh, as number twenty-one is is uh, you know uh, we we you know we, we will we will have an opportunity to improve upon that. But it's the second highest uh, preseason ranking I believe we've ever we've, we've ever had. Uh, we're gonna have the opportunity with our strength of schedule to to play many, many great uh, teams, many in, even in the top ten here in the first couple months, and obviously then we head into uh, an increasingly challenging uh, American Athletic Conference uh, slate when we get to January and February, so we've got uh, opportunity galore uh, ahead of us, uh, but it's, it's just great to see the recognition that that program is, has received. It's We're heading on nine straight uh, postseason appearances for that team, six of which have been in the NCAA tournament, and uh, we just can't wait to get started. I've been able to hit practice a few times, and And just to see the depth and the confidence um, and the poise, I think, of our our team, Uh, obviously just uh, in terms of getting ready for for a season. And it's just great to see. And I hope our fans are excited to come out and see him play.
1: They definitely should be. What a group. I mean, you talk about poise. I was able to sit down and interview basically the entire team and get to know them a little bit more. Boy, do they all have it so much together. And you talked about the schedule, (laughs) 1 through 20. They do play number one possibly in the bahamas but they definitely play in my mind they're number one because they won the championship last year stanford but the top two teams are also in the bahamas tournament they play confirmed two other teams at the top 20 tennessee and west virginia which is an event if you can't make it to the bahamas in west palm west palm yeah yeah and that tennessee game on the road is part of the aac sec challenge but it all starts on november 9th talk about some initials with utrgv that's Texas Rio Grande Valley, and that's part of a doubleheader, right? So we I'm, can. Uh, I'm
0: glad you gave the answer because that was going to be a trivia question for the was it? podcast listeners. Do you know that? Do you know their
1: nickname? There's a trivia question. I don't. You tell us. Okay, please. everybody can wait for a second. You're definitely not going to get it, and I don't know what they are, but they're the Vaqueros. Uh, very nice. Sounds like some sort of.
0: It's going to have to be someone's, uh, someone's favorite. One, I think my, I still think my favorite uh, nickname of all, and I have a T-shirt of it, believe it or not, but it's the Fighting Artichokes of Scottsdale Community College. <laughs> it's got this <laughs> little artichoke with a really mean face that's uh, ready to get after it. But uh, well, no artichokes. They, 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 they were a uh, practice facility for the for the CFP in Arizona back in 2016. <laughs> that, that is had, a terrible nickname. The Fighting artichokes. What's the short
1: version of that? Come on, choke. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even do that. But speaking of November 9th, and I looked at the schedule, uh, planning ahead as I always try to do, but several doubleheaders, and that's going to be one if you go to com, You can actually plan ahead. Almost all the game times are out there. So let's get everybody at the Yingling Center for that uh, twin bill, starting with the guys in the first game as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's what's really cool about it. We had, we, we had a lot of those games last year when in the COVID environment. Uh, we're not going to have quite as many doubleheaders, but I think that provides a great opportunity. We've kind of patterned ourselves as the – Tampa Bay's uh, home for hoops with both our men's and women's programs. So to me, when you get a chance to see them both in one night, come on out to the Yingling Center, an awesome opportunity. And to do it on opening night, I think, is uh, is, is appropriate. So a uh, cool way to kind of get uh, your basketball back into your blood and, and, and be able to see both teams in one night.
1: And actually, you know, we, we talked about the event in West Palm for the women, but there are uh, obviously great opponents coming to the Yingling Center there there at Amelie Arena, but there are drivable road trips as well for the uh, men, and I think that Orange Bowl Classic at Sunrise, you're going to have quite a few fans want to make that trip. And that's a big deal. They're already guaranteed playing Auburn and Florida, a couple SEC teams, so we're talking about the women's schedule, but Brian Gregory and those guys, they're, they're going to face some challenges, including out in Hawaii as well.
0: Oh, absolutely, but both both teams have, have scheduled uh, more than appropriately for, uh, uh, for their non-conference schedule, obviously, to be able to, on the men's side, we're going to Boston College, like you said, November 29th, uh, playing the University of Florida down in the Orange Bowl Classic. The other game in that doubleheader is UCF in Florida State. So that's a great opportunity for basketball down in the in the uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami area. And that'll be just a day or two before they head out to uh, the men's team heads out to Hawaii, where we know we're going to play BYU in the first game, and then have chances to match up with either Hawaii or Vanderbilt um, in, in the games following that. So lots of great uh, great games. And as you mentioned on November 19th. Um, you know, we'll be playing Auburn down at the Emily Arena, so a, a chance for the downtown community to kind of come out after uh, after work uh, and have an easier commute. And for obviously, all our season ticket holders will be down there for the for the big game at, at Emily. So, all told, I can't wait. You know how much I love uh, basketball. I just can't. I'm just so uh, excited for for both teams and getting ready to kick it off or tip it off here
1: absolutely if you want to attend some games 1-800-GO-BULLS is how you score yourself some tickets of course we'll have all the games on USF Bulls Unlimited I am on the women's call and Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston on the men's side my partner is Bridget Miranda we are ready to go in just a couple of weeks well we hinted at it earlier obviously it is a big topic talking about the expansion in the American Athletic Conference we will address that when we return on Bull Speed Ahead presented by Tampa General Hospital In collaboration with USF Health, Tampa General Medical Group, and private practice physicians, Tampa General Hospital was
0: just named one of the nation's best hospitals by U.S. News and World Report, and the highest ranked in Florida in five specialties. Ear, nose, and throat, diabetes and endocrinology, gastroenterology and GI surgery, orthopedics and rehabilitation. Tampa General Hospital, other hospitals practice medicine. We define it. Back to Bull Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. Here's your host, Derek Sharp.
1: Back on Bull Speed Ahead, this convened special version was based around what happened on Thursday, and that was the official announcement of the new future members of the American Athletic Conference, Florida Atlantic, NC Charlotte, UAB, and three from the state of Texas, those being North Texas Rice and Texas San Antonio, and Mike Resco held a session with the media one of the first names he brought up was none other than Michael Kelly so I know you didn't handpick the teams yourself but you might have had a little uh, to do with uh helping folks in the decision first of all what was your general reaction and yeah what was your part in it
0: well clearly the uh you know, as I reflect back on the summer July 20th I went on vacation for the first time since the pandemic started and uh, uh everything was secure in the college football world and 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 there was uh no perceived uh, expansion on the horizon, and, <laughs> and everything was calm. Uh, then, obviously, Texas and Oklahoma uh, making that announcement that week kind of has, has spiraled a whole lot of things to just think that in less than what, three three months' time here that wow. so many things have changed uh, uh, in so many different conferences. But, but yes, as it related to when we had some departures from uh, the American uh, in a couple weeks ago, uh, it's, it's kind of put our whole conference in a... In a in a mode where we had to, you know, really look toward the future, figure out how to do, how to accomplish a lot of things, what do we need to accomplish as a conference, and, uh, you know, went through a a pretty thorough discussion and evaluation amongst all of our remaining membership as to what the right things to do. And when you think about things, I I want people to realize that you're not looking at it from a one school at a time, a one replacement person at a time. It's got to be looked at as a very strategic and aggressively growth mode uh, to – to accomplish a lot of different objectives and and, and, uh, you don't accomplish any of the objectives by any one thing. And I guess some of the things that I would just say we would really looked at that you wanted to try to accomplish uh, was how to aggressively, you know, aggressively grow enough to stabilize and protect the conference from future attrition. Uh, If you lose too many schools, as we just witnessed when we dropped down to eight under the current one, it kind of puts your television contract in in, uh, challenges and it puts you into below thresholds of of certain things in, in the NCAA eyes. And so you want to make sure that that never happens again. You want to make sure you're stabilized. You want to do whatever you can to protect the value of the contract uh, with, with the SPN. That's a lifeblood of ours and, and, and an important part of what we want to do. We were fortunate years ago to be able to establish a very formidable billion dollar contract with ESPN. And so being able for me to listen to, Hey, how do we maintain that? Sure, uh, is going to be a major part of anything that I would want to support and be, Uh, Be involved in. You wanted to be able to find ways to. There was already some national conversation, and I'll just call it. uh, You know, regionality is kind of a common term that's been tossed around in recent years as it relates to travel costs, time of spent away traveling for our student athletes, particularly when you're talking a little bit of basketball and a lot of bit about Olympic sports. When you're how many days of uh, how many miles are you traveling? How many time zones are you traveling? How many days of school are you missing? That was all something we really had to kind of evaluate and consider. And as I kind of mentioned a little bit before, too, you have things like uh, you know when we lost some members and dropped to only eight members overall and then even less in certain sports, you lose automatic qualification for NSA championship bursts, which is vital for, for instance, sports like men's soccer and baseball would have d- had dropped down below that threshold. And certainly that's something that we want to continue to, to challenge for national championships on with that as well so all those things considered then you kind of start thinking about things like hey wanting to maintain our uh, you know our, our priority position as it relates to when you think about college football playoff expansion being in essence those top six conferences to make sure that uh, in all you know more cases than not that our team our champion is the one that goes to that year six bowl or plays in that championship and so you want to solidify yourself against other conference expansions and make sure that uh, you protect that position that we've certainly done over the years and then again then you just start talking about a little intangibles that different people brought up whether it's a lot of our schools in, in the existing american or from larger markets and well some people look too much on about that larger market only on tv that's that's important but now that streaming and espn plus has become so important that becomes somewhat interchangeable but it's still very important as it relates to recruiting uh, yeah. to, to recruiting not only general students but obviously student athletes having a presence in and a lot of different areas is, is important. That's And you can see a lot of the makeup of not only these new members, but our existing members come from relatively large markets. And, in fact, all these new schools included, I think all but one, which is East Carolina, are all in the top 100. Uh, Definitely. And then that's 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 part of what we were looking for. And then, obviously, it did also continue additional traction in Texas. And now in, in, with the addition of Florida Atlantic kind of keeps a strong th- uh, threshold in, in the state of Florida as well and so when you kind of put all that together on goals that you'd love to accomplish and you can never always accomplish everything with every <laughs> no. member but again it comes back to me it's like hey I, I consider bo- bo- you know boxes checked on that uh, you know how, did we stabilize the conference to protect against attrition yes we're able to protect the, add inventory to our television contract protect the value that I that I feel from my standpoint is going to be important for USF yes uh regionality i mean we we contemplated as was reported some schools that were further out west further time zones and they would have been great uh, additions too i'm sure but in this case uh again still bringing that same value to the to the to the deal but also really reducing costs <laughs> from that that could have been in terms of time and and expense so uh when you add all that up together uh, i'm very very excited about it and, and know that it can be a, a great thing for us When we look to our future and things that we all want to accomplish again it still comes back as we've talked about it comes back to investing in ourselves Uh, how do we uh, continue to get ourselves better no matter what league we're in how do we position ourselves for that cfp expansion to be the one that goes to near six or to win a slot into the college football playoff if it does expand to 12 or eight teams in the next couple of years And then as I challenged when I introduced this to our entire staff this past week, you know, give them a briefing on what was happening. You know, hey, guys, in the next couple of years, and as it always has been a goal, but things that we need to take advantage of. When you play a word association game about, say, the word American Athletic Conference, the first thing that needs to hop into people's minds locally, regionally and nationally is USF. Uh, we've accomplished that goal with many of the successes that we've had in recent years and we need to do that and, and, and continue with the things we the sports that we're trying we are improving in and the investments that we're making in all sports and when we accomplish those goals of investing and focusing on ourselves making sure that we become a, a player as it relates to the college football playoff expansion hmm. and kind of having that comprehensive excellence about what we want in all of our sports and again this calendar year has been a great example of that with the with the nine postseason bursts that we had and the six conference championships that we have and the ones that we're fighting for already, uh, all that spells, uh, you know, leading into, into being the, the leader that we expect to be and want to be and are in many cases in the American Athletic Conference. So I know there's a lot going on. I know it's a lot <laughs> to digest for our fans over the past couple of weeks, but at the end of the day, it's unfortunate that these last couple of months have had this much change and unsettling aspects of things. But when you look at it at the end of the day, I feel this is a strong strategic move in a kind of an imperfect situation of what things have happened, but when you take that into account, USF and the American are well positioned to achieve all those different considerations.
1: I love the additions. I love that it's six because you just mentioned some of the threshold for sports like baseball and softball and men's soccer. They would have just had five teams in those sports, so I know that football was the driving factor and is, for many people, the only sport they're thinking about, but there are a lot of other aspects to this, and you just touched on a lot of them. But when it comes specifically to the additions in football and how it's going to shape the conference, just your overall thoughts. I mean, you're looking at some of these programs. UTSA just knocked them to the rankings. They're undefeated. UAB, just an unbelievable turnaround in just the last few years. Yeah. And that's not that's not the end of it. I, I was surprised that North Texas has the biggest enrollment of all of them and recently, relatively recently, has a brand-new stadium. I think they're it's a challenging group as far as football goes.
0: Well, it really is, and it is in all sports. Everyone's got kind of a couple of different things they they might bring to the table. Whether it's location, size, different sports successes, uh, but ultimately you can point toward the investment that all of them are making uh, into being serious about athletics and 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 continuing to strive up. And each of them are obviously elated to be in the American. They know what we've accomplished as a conference in our short history, uh, and uh, you know, hey, when we were making our pitches uh, to uh... Look at other conferences as well. We we often point to our our growth uh, and to our potential and to a lot of the things that we've done extremely well, uh, and the investments that we're making. And that's the same sort of thing these folks have done. And and uh, you know, again, we're going to focus on ourselves. We got to make sure we take care of what we need to to succeed in, in in the American Athletic Conference. And I'm sure these other new partners will do the same. But you're right. Some of a uh, handful of them have already. What four of the six have got new stadiums in the last decade or so. You've got. Um, you know, major investments that are being made in different sports programs. So, I look at it as again, as I stated, stated at the outset, it's kind of an aggressive growth uh, stock, if you will. Uh, they're, they're betting on their futures by making uh, greater investments to be in the American, and we in turn uh, are able to uh, reward them with a uh, uh, you know a very uh, you know a tangible uh, and strong um, television agreement that sure. not only provides resources uh, and different tiered structures for different. Members as they as they lead into the into the deal, but also uh, amazing exposure. Quite frankly, uh, we we are all, we we are very blessed by the contract we have with ESPN, and to think that we now we kind of take for granted that pretty much all of our games and you're a big part of it, Derek, that are on ESPN Plus. So I've got we've got basically national TV for all of our all of our team sports right now. Uh, our broadcast division here with you and Brian and and everybody else have, have done a great job of of bringing. Uh, Bulls athletics to the to the country for sure, and I think that that's that's a, another great uh, a great asset for us. So, not to mention the the various linear opportunities that we have with the ESPN structure. So, we were fortunate to have a superior uh, television contract that gives us both the exposure and the the inventory, the exposure, and obviously the resources that we all need to succeed. and I look forward to the future and making this happen.
1: You talk about the regionality, and uh, one thing that jumped out, I'm sure, if you saw this list of six teams, was the fact that three of them were from Texas. What people might not realize is the AAC is headquartered in Texas, and so that's a big part of that. But I can see some of these teams on our side. I'm going to imagine there's going to be a divisional alignment in football that's way ahead of. Uh, the curve right now, but uh, FAU and UAB becoming quick rivals. In the case of UAB, and even Charlotte going way back in USF history, kind of renewed rivalries with the Bulls.
0: Yeah, I, I noticed in some of their promotional stuff, they brought it out. Like UAB made a big deal about a lot of the a lot of the basketball rivalries they'd had in the past with Charlotte and USF and others. And uh, so, you know that that will that will be fun in, in many ways. But you're right; it's uh, you know this this regionality is, is is a great thing for particularly our Olympic sports to kind of have that mm-hmm. set up. We have. I, we don't know for sure how the divisions will be set up. We haven't had that in-depth of a discussion yet. But when you have 14 members in football, it's hard to, to not imagine it not having a divisional format to it. And, and you know, and some, some might say it's easy to just go to some sort of east-west format, but there will be discussion because there's some folks that, that do like to have uh, make sure when you have a great, diverse uh conference like this that you want to have that type of ability to, to get some exposure in Florida, to get some exposure in, in Texas, True. and how do you find the right way so you can kind of make those type of visits there. But uh, but you're right when you think about, uh, again, this, 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 whole, this whole setup to be able to have, uh, you know, really great markets in which to have a, a recruiting and visual presence
1: in, it's, it's important. And you mentioned the financial angle of it, how important those funds are with the ESPN deal. Um, and listen i'm sure that there are things behind the scenes that people don't realize are going on and we we brought up the golf for an example with the donation but uh care to share any updates maybe on the indoor performance facility or anything like that yeah obviously
0: hey we speak to about how investments are a big part of our of our, our of our future and and obviously we were so excited back on uh, september the 8th to be able to uh you know break ground uh, on on that and you know officially and that was just a day or two after we got the whole deal formally, uh, formally approved and, and got the final funds raised for that. So that was a momentous day. So since then, uh, we've been able to get a lot of things done in terms of getting the permits in place, a lot of materials and supplies uh, procured and, and ordered, uh, which is vital. And we'll be able to work out with the construction, with our contractor to kind of uh, balance out starting the physical tear up of the field as late as we can so we can get as much time uh, you know, finishes much of the practice, which uh, which our football team obviously uses every day and our track team uses most days. So right. it's uh, trying to find that balance. But we know by the middle of November, certainly by the end of the November, we'll start seeing that torn up. Okay. Uh, how do we start laying the different things out? So we expect through end of November, uh, through February, to be all the structural foundation work being done. Uh, and then really from February through uh, late spring, where a lot of the structural steel erection will take place, and then you get to the finishing Uh, Touches in, uh, uh, you know, by over the course of the summer so that we can make it functional for particularly our football team and uh, when when camp starts. So, uh, as you drive by now, you'll see that we're still using it. We just took down our overall tent that we used down there the other day. That'll obviously be an area that'll be a a lot of a staging area here in the weeks and months to come, also. So, progress starting to be made. If you're driving by Sycamore Drive, just kind of realize that the the wheels are in motion underground, but uh, it'll be exciting to see over the course of. uh, late November, early December, like I said, starting to prepare the, the site. Then you start working on the foundation work in December through February, and then, again, then you see the erection of the of the steel and the, the kind of the final steel fabrication and roof kind of taking place from uh, February and March, April, and that sort of thing. So it's going to be exciting to kind of see the progress. Look forward to taking pictures out of my office and, and sharing it with uh, Bulls Nation as we go.
1: That's a good idea. Two things. First of all, with the ceremony, the groundbreaking, I, I don't know how you guys got all those nice gold shovels cobbled together where where did you guys have those in storage i mean those are beautiful no it was, a, it, was a, it was a fantastic setup and secondly can radio guys sneak in for progress reports or are we just going to be relying on pictures because people are going to want to see progress they're going to want to see you know month by month how that thing's going oh
0: yeah yeah uh, we we, we, we got to have your narrative on it there we'll, 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 bulls nation must hear you the narrative the, the verbal narrative that they can't see in pictures
1: just don't pour the concrete on me so a few things going on and again you sound so calm about it has it been stressful at all i got to ask you on a personal level or have you come through it okay and back to commissioner aresco he just seems so calm too like it seems like he was in control of this whole situation <laughs> such that it was
0: well as i said this is uh these are turbulent times let's just face it we've as a country as a world we've had the pandemic we've had economic challenges we've had a lot of different things going on and in collegiate athletics we've had so much change going on in this last year and a half that is truly unprecedented and uh, things that would have been the most uh, uh, tumultuous and, and focused events of anything in college sports are almost they're not afterthoughts because they're still very important when you happen but just think between uh, everything's happened with name image and likeness and with the transfer portal <laughs> and the uh, the transfer exception we don't have to sit out every year and you've got uh, uh, obviously now you've got uh, another wave of, of of conference realignment you've got a whole contemplate a change in the NCAA structure overall. You've got uh, Congress and the National Labor Relations Board even considering how, how uh, you know, student athletes, should they be considered employees and or not and everything else. So uh, to be a part of it at this time is, is somewhat stressful, but it is extremely uh, intellectually challenging and, and, and interesting. I mean, I find it, I'm very curious about these things. It's exciting to play a role in it, but but it takes a lot of time because not only you're working you're focused on it for what's best for USF what's best for potentially college sports in general, but then you still have the day-to-day uh, opportunity to uh, you know work with a department of 430 student athletes and, and, and hundreds of staff members that that hasn't changed so the daily needs of, of that and everything we're trying to do and, and, and doing well every day here in the Leroy Selman Center still still exists. so it's a lot. It's a it's a it's something that uh, you know it's a labor of love and and it's uh, obviously just hoping that that uh, you know all of us are doing everything just want people to know' that we're, everyone's doing everything they can uh, to best position ourselves for the for the future and we're excited about uh, we are very excited about the future of USF athletics.
1: Wow, um, I'm glad you're the man in charge of it. Thank you very much, Michael. We'll see you at all the uh, sporting events here and Bulls nation as well. Thanks again.
0: Thank you, Derek and go Bulls.